Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Now that your picture's in the paper being rhythmically admired, you can have it a one that you have ever desired. All you gotta tell me now is wow, 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 wow. Welcome to the working week. Sports Radio 929 Game, 92.9thegame.com. It's Sam and Greg, and this morning, Jason Longshore is in for Mr. Crenshaw, the voice of Atlanta United, along with Mike Conti, and this is for you, sir. Very nice. Came out the now. See, you didn't expect this. I did not this expect is, that. This is the difference. This well, you and I have a lot in common because we both have very eclectic tastes when it comes to well, different things. But music is one of them. Music for sure, yes. And even though y'all in the audience have heard me talk about '96 rock down the dial all the time, he made it very clear to me that he listened to '99X. I'm of that generation. <laughs> Come on, I'm, I'm an REM guy, <laughs> but I can <laughs> definitely appreciate Elvis Costello. Well, that you, not only did you not expect it, that's one of the albums I'm bringing on an island with. Really? My aim is true. Okay. Believe it or not. Okay. Now, there's also some Ella Fitzgerald in there, too, and some 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 Count and some Stevie. and uh, But, yeah, I'm an eclectic. I like it. Taste in music here. By the way, so did you did you hear that 99X, they're back now, right? That's what I hear, we're yes. talk about them, right? I mean, I don't know how much we should. No, we're not. We're not going to talk about okay, that. Okay, cool. <laughs> but we wish, <laughs> we wish them well. The 96 Rock came back, too, right? We wish them well. Yeah. Those of you with those memories. Uh, again, Sam and Greg here, and uh, Jason is in. We've been talking a lot of soccer. Obviously, I have been educated and will continue to throughout the show. Um, also, one of the things that Sam and I regularly do is let you guys know about jobs. I let you know about them in the film industry. Sam lets you know about them in various areas around the state. Eric lets you know about job opportunities as far as being a ref and, 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 a, uh, and an ump. Well... We also try to reach out to different counties, and we have had different ones come on the show, cities and counties, to come on and talk about their various job fairs. And there's one going on today that we want you guys to know about. And you know the person who's going to join us because he's been on the show quite a few times. That's Chief Brandon Newsom, Deputy Chief Brandon Newsom. Pauling County is having a job fair today, the whole county, whether you want the police, fire, all of those frontline workers, um, and he's going to tell you about it, but he's going to come on about, mm, let's see here, 940 and talk about their job fair, which I believe starts at 10. So oh, perfect time. And, and listen, even though Brandon's been on with us, he's come on for different reasons because he's a big sports fan and he's done different things and we bring him on. But we're not beholden at Paulding County. You know, Fulton, Henry, DeKalb, y'all got job fairs? Please reach out to us so we can talk about it. 
So, you know, we are here for you for that. So he's going to join us later on in the show. Jonathan Siegel's going to join us. MLS contributor. We're going to talk about the upcoming season getting started here in just a few weeks. Yeah. Uh, I got to get more on that. But anyway, top of the hour. I didn't even do this to you yet. Good morning, Georgia. Good morning. <laughs> and, and a good morning to you folks in Tyrone, Georgia. Tyrone. Do you know anything about Tyrone? Tyrone. Eric, you know anything Sandy about Sandy Creek High School, Tyrone? That is correct. Oh, okay. That's a bad one for me. We oh, had a, we had a bench-clearing brawl Hall with Sandy Famer? Creek when I played in, in oh, high school. Oh, so. hey, where'd you go? Eagles Landing. Eagles Landing Public. Um, you, you went where again? Eagles Landing Public. And you had a fight against who? Sandy Creek. When was this? What, give me the decade. 95. Oh, 95. Okay. Yeah, 95. Uh, I think Eagles Landing and Sandy Creek fought in every sport that year, so we weren't the only ones. Girls basketball know had a big fight. But we had a bench-clearing brawl when we scored a, a late winner, and they, they jumped our guy who scored it, and it got a little crazy. A little Michigan-Michigan State in the, in the tunnel kind of thing? A little, yeah. You know, some, some people got kicked. I was one of them. Um, some people got thrown around. I, I might have thrown somebody around, possibly. Uh, but nobody got sent off. Nobody got red-carded. It was okay. Sound like my honeymoon night. We won, so we took the game. Whoa. 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 <laughs> it was a fly, it was a fly Whoa. by. <laughs> um, <laughs> did he say his honeymoon? Stop he, he it. Let's did. move on he here. Did. Let's move on I didn't here. see that one coming. I, I know. You know, you guys got to pay attention when you're hanging out with me. Um, so we throw these little nuggets out and, you know, find out what we know about Tyrone. And you brought up this. Yeah. Some bad this, memories this of my time in Tyrone. Took, this police event that took place out there. So I want to thank you for that. All right. Uh, this is usually where Mr. Crenshaw lets us know what's going on locally and what's going on in HBCU school. So I tell you what, again, here it takes two people to fill his massive shoes. So you want to start uh, with Eric. Eric's going to come on. And Eric yeah. does an HBCU show. And as a matter of fact, here's a chance to plug it. Where'd you do it? When'd you do it? And tell us what we need to know right now. Absolutely. So you can catch me every Thursday at 7 p.m. on our sister station, News and Talk 1380 WLK for HBCU Proud, a two-hour all-inclusive HBCU show that is sports, news, culture, history, and events. And if you are in Atlanta this weekend, there's a great event going on down the road at MBS Stadium. The Honda Battle of the Bands returns to Atlanta this weekend. Six HBCU bands and two local high school bands will battle it out to be cl- to be called the best HBCU band in Atlanta. Of course, there are several Battle of the Bands, but that's the Honda Battle of the Bands, and it is here in Atlanta this weekend. So if you want something to do, if you want some great entertainment, tickets are still available for the Honda Battle of the Bands. What time do you got to get down there? You got that information? Uh, well, it's it's starting Shortly, they'll have the you know bands out doing their practices. There's a college fair. There are events starting all day long. If you go to HondaBattleTheBands.com, you can catch the there you go. total list of events. And um, where to park. That's oh. most important to me. Marta! Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't care about all these events. If I ain't got a parking pass attached to it, yeah. you, you, know, you can send me to the World Cup. If I ain't got a parking pass, I ain't going. There you go. Marta. Um, in uh, another big uh, HBCU story, if I could hop on a plane, I would be headed to Newark, New Jersey right now. Sorry to hear that. Okay. Well, Michael B. Jordan. You know that name. Yeah, I do. Creed. We all do. Yeah. Well, he is hosting his second annual HBCU Legacy event in his That's hometown of Newark, yes. New Jersey. Hampton University, Morgan yes. State University, Norfolk State, who I had the chance to interview their coach as they're going up there. And um, the Delaware State, the Hornets, they are the four teams playing in the Michael B. Jordan second annual HBCU Legacy event. Now, where did he go 
Well, he did not. That's right. So he's he like he's doing like a Chris Paul thing. Yes, he's just yeah. supporting but, him because he, he can. But, but Chris Paul great. came from a family of HBCU. Though he didn't go to it. Okay. Well, yeah. he no. Well, that's the time. Chris Paul is now a Winston Salem State graduate. He graduated from Winston Salem State this past oh, year. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah, he, he went did. back and got finished. Of course, he went to Wake Forest. Right. right. But he went back and finished at Winston Salem State and just finished his. Oh, that's awesome. Degree. Of, um, I think mm-hmm. it was. This past winter or this past fall? Well, Not sure. Listen, we no, that's great. And, mm-hmm. and the hopes that he can get himself a good occupation. Well, yeah. Well, you know, he good needs to make a good living. Yeah, he needs yeah. a job, you know. And uh, that's what's going on in HBCUs real quick. Locally, uh, Kennesaw State, they are still winning. Yeah. Now eight games in a row. They will play today at Eastern Kentucky, still tied for first place. The Kennesaw State ladies are doing a little worse. They've lost three straight. They will play at Liberty today. Georgia Tech, man. Woo. Oh. Georgia Tech's having some rough times. They've now lost eight straight and have a touch, tough matchup today at NC State. In um, uh, Where is NC State? Winston-Salem. Thank you very much. Um, the girls will play. They will host the U tomorrow here in Atlanta. The Georgia Bulldogs, they're kind of coming back. They lost a tough one at Auburn. They will travel to Texas A&M later today. The girls will host Florida tomorrow in Athens. Um, Georgia State, Georgia State will host first place Southern Miss today at 2 o'clock. That's going to be a tough one for the Georgia State men's. The women's will play at Marshall later today. And in HBCU, my Morehouse Maroon Tigers now have won four straight. They're on the road at Edward Waters. And Clark Atlanta, the girls and boys will have to place first place Savannah State. Savannah State is first place in the SIC in both the women's and men's basketball. Clark Atlanta is going to have a tough task down there in Savannah, but they'll have a good time in a great city like Savannah. Sorry, NC State's Raleigh. I was I was thinking Wake Forest. Still. Okay, My yeah, yeah, NC State's Raleigh. I got a couple of questions for you, Eric. Sure. Um, is Kennesaw State on the men's basketball side the most fun men's basketball team in the state to watch this year? The most fun. Ooh, um, Georgia play, Tech's not. No, absolutely <laughs> not. They do play an exciting style of basketball. Yeah. They are the most fundamentally sound because they've got great guard play. We had a coach okay. on last yeah. week. We yeah, they've, the they've, they've got great guard play, and they play great defense. Um, what Amir Abdul Rahim is doing there, you know, he's doing a great job. Yeah. Um, I do think they will make the dance. And they are tied oh, for awesome. first place. So they will probably be the two seed going into the the tournament, but I think they will win the tournament because they're hot. And the one thing you know about college basketball, yep. you want to be on fire going into tournament play. Now, if you had to bring coach back, now, Jason, you answer this. Greg, you answer this. Are you one of those type of guys where you say, you know what, I don't want to go into tournament on a 15-16 game win streak. Give me a loss so that way I can get it out of my system. Because I've seen so many teams yep. say, oh, we've won 26 straight games. They get to the tournament final. That loss is coming eventually. You know, no one thinks they're going undefeated for the rest of the year. When you get to that long of a streak, yeah, you want to have that little bit of adversity right, at, right before, you know, maybe a couple games before. You don't want to go in on a down. Maybe a couple games before, you'd like to have that loss. Yeah. You guys are obviously going upstream from what John Wooden thought. He always wanted to be undefeated. <laughs> you know, that, yeah. was, that, was, that was the thinking there in Westwood. I, I think for, for KSU, though, I mean, this is their – First winning season in D one, right? Uh, not in D one, but in their last four years. Okay, their last four years. But to your point, it, I think to answer that question, it depends on the coach of okay. that particular team True. and how he uses that loss. Okay, if if and, and it depends on what they've been doing that he has been seeing. He's probably been keeping his mouth shut about backcourt play, this passing, how these guys are doing different things. But then they win the game, 
So he's had to, you know, keep his mouth shut. So he just start making these little notes and say, you know, I've watched this sort of slip through the cracks the last few games you guys have won, but let's work on boom, 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 boom. Instead of being somebody like Mike Ditka who goes in and just screams and bites their head off yeah, for losing. You, it depends on the coach, I believe. Yeah, some coaches like to maybe be a little harsher with their players after a win as opposed to, you know, you might have to put your arm around them and pick them up after a loss. But, yeah, when you get a team that starts to have that, you know, we can beat anybody, we're on such a roll, the confidence can maybe get a little overconfident, you wouldn't mind having that loss somewhere in the mix. Speaking of college basketball and teams who go undefeated, tune in later on. If you can't get in front of a TV, we've got Purdue at Indiana. I believe still the last undefeated national championship in college basketball. Yes. Absolutely. That would be the 75. Kent Benson, uh, who's the dude who's a commentator? You played for the Celtics, was on that team. Scott May was on that team, okay. I believe. Um, and that's Quinn all, Buckner? Quinn Buckner. That's yes. what I was thinking of. Yeah. And that's all I got. But anyway, you got Purdue at Indiana, pregame at 345, tip at 4. And then tonight, Hawks continue the West Coast trip. They're out in Denver, pregame at 830, tip at 9. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 929 game 929thegame.com. All right, that's first one half of what Sam would be taking care of. What's the other half? I know you had a couple other local things, Jason. Yeah, a couple nuggets. Uh, Kennesaw State, to, to continue on with the Owls, Kiara Singarella, who plays on their women's soccer team, was just called up to Argentina's senior national team for some games later this wow. month. Uh, they're going to be in the World Cup this summer in Australia and New Zealand. And KSU could have a, a World Cup player on their roster. She could come back and be a World Cup star. Um, she is one of the the most interesting athletes I've seen come into KSU's women's soccer program in a long time because she's also been a team handball national team player in Argentina. It's very rare you see somebody who's a national team player in two different sports. And Kiara Singarella has, has somehow done that, which is amazing. Um, high school soccer just got started this week officially, so I've been keeping up with that. Uh, I called Woodward and Tri-Cities this past week, and Woodward was a defending state semifinalist. Tri-Cities was like 8-6 and six last year. It's a really good game, and Tri-Cities got the draw, which really? is really cool to okay. see because Tri-City soccer, I've known a lot of the kids who've gone through that program you're talking 11, 12 different countries represented in that roster. And they went to Woodward and, and got a draw and were 90 seconds away from a win. Okay. Wow. I mean, you think of Tri-Cities, you think of that demographic. First off, Tri-Cities always has great basketball. Yeah. But that's a very international area it down is. there in East Point. So I'm not surprised to hear that they've got a different, you know, a whole mix of different guys from different areas and it's different It's gotten more international. Yeah. Like when I coached a team for soccer in the streets from that area, it was Almost all Mexican in terms of my team. But now, I mean, you've got Salvador and Guatemalan, uh, African as well. I think Senegalese, a um, couple different countries that I did not know were in that area now. Say that again. Senegalese? Senegal. Senegal. That's what I said. Yeah. I heard of Senegal. I never heard of Senegalese. Yeah. Senegalese. Senegalese. That's yeah. how you pronounce From it? From Senegal. Yeah. Oh. Again, you are just a wealth yeah, of information no. this morning. That's what we try to do around Having here. a big time here. All right, listen, we I, it's just, we are going to switch gears, and as if the rest of this show or the show so far hasn't been in your wheelhouse, <laughs> we're really going to jump into it now. MLS contributor Jason Siegel, uh, Jonathan Siegel excuse me, is going to join us and tell us more about what we need to know about Atlanta United as they get ready to start the season and MLS as a sport and why they can't get more scores. 
who come from other places and come here and fill that Got to cut the checks. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Yep, Jason Longshore's with us. And take us with you on the Odyssey app. Sports Radio 929 the game 929thegame.com. I gotta stand up. This, this has been this has been really, really fun because it's new. And I don't mind that. I really I want to thank you, Jason. Jason, no, thanks for having me on. It's fun. For Sam today. Sam and I will be back together tomorrow, uh, six to ten. But Jason has been filling in today. Sam's on assignment. Wink wink. Sounds official. <laughs> it is. But um, it is. This is this, and I'm not done. I'm 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 just like a sponge. I'm that I'm that five year old who can pick up a second language easily. We'll get you out to an Atlanta United game this year. I've been year. out. I've been you know I've been there you know, but I'm just I. I'm... <sighs> Thank you, we'll for, get for, you for marshalling me through this and 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 increasing my my education and want to get back out there. You're going to learn now, a lot in this segment. Well, let's bring on our guest, man, because I'm I'm going to let you two. This is going to be like Center Court Wimbledon. And I'm, I've got the box seat watching this. Uh, Jonathan Siegel, MLS contributor, you brought this guy uh, name up to me during the week when you and I talked, and you said, this is the guy we need to have on talking soccer, along with you, of course. But you have questions for Jonathan. I got a bunch of questions for Jonathan. First, so, so jo- hey, God, let me just welcome Jonathan. Thank you for getting up. This dude is in the start. He's like Hussein Bolt. He's sitting there in position, <laughs> yep. ready to come at you, Jonathan. So have we got him, Eric? Couldn't hear him there. Jonathan, I followed your hey work for a long time. Oh, Thanks so much for uh, taking some time for us this morning. Yes. No worries. Calling you from frigid New York City, where it feels like the feels like temperatures in the negative teens. So we're off to a lovely start this Saturday morning. That is ridiculous. We'll, we'll try to heat things up a little bit from Atlanta. <laughs> it's not that warm down here either, at least for, for us. Um, things get heated up later today. There's a massive game for, I think, MLS fans to maybe understand how big this is. Seattle Sounders and Alak Lee in the Club World Cup. And if the Sounders win, they're going to play Real Madrid in a game that counts and matters. How big is this for the league, in your opinion? I think it's a singular word, and that's massive. Um, The part that does worry me is Seattle's coming off a preseason and they haven't played an official game since early October. So it's been a second since they've, they've been out there. But... This is what teams have been fighting for uh, in the CONCACAF Champions League regionally tournament, getting not only the bragging rights there, but the ticket to this tournament. And like you said, if if they win this match, they get the chance to go up against none other than mighty Real Madrid, arguably the biggest club soccer team in the entire world. We saw TFC years back, LAFC, uh, CF Montreal. There have been teams that have come so close to this and um, I just remember that night back in early May, I think Seattle was before, it was around 69,000 fans record for the competition at home. And um, Garth Lagerway, now at Atlanta United, of course, um, uses the word immortality to describe it. And that's apt and fitting, in my opinion, because no team will ever be the first but Seattle from MLS. And, and now they get this, the, this opportunity on the global stage uh, against a hugely popular African team as I've come to learn. I never realized how big their social media following was and the caliber of players. It's a huge club um, to show what MLS is all about, to show what Seattle's all about. 
A team that we expect to get to this stage down the line is the defending champs, LAFC, but they have lost a couple of key figures from last year. We know about Gareth Bale. I think he's doing pretty well in the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, by the way, now that he can golf full-time. But losing Chicho Arango to Pachuca, how do you rate LAFC in 2023? They need pieces. There's no need to sugarcoat it. Um, John Thorrington and that front office, they have no, they, they've shown time and time again, there's no reason to doubt they'll get the business done. Um, but the time is ticking. They have three starting caliber midfielders. I think everyone was surprised to see Jose Cifuentes stay through the transfer window in, in January in Europe. Um, we'll see maybe a Turkish team could come in through the next couple of days and make an offer. Their window lasts a little bit longer. They sent Edward Atuesta down to Brazil a while back. Argentine league is also open a little as pit, but Kellen Acosta, U.S. International, Ilya Sanchez, and then beyond that, it's pretty barren. And this is a team that's going to be in four competitions, could play as much as 50-plus games this year. So, so they need to make signings there. There's no doubt about it. Up top, that's where I'm a little more intrigued um, because how Steve Trundle, their coach, manages that dynamic of Carlos Vela, Danny Buanga, Cuadro Apoku, um, et cetera, those are great pieces. That's quality. Um, but I can say confidently, and I'll use the Atlanta connection again, I think every Atlanta United fan would be overjoyed if Chicho Arango were to come and sign for the club. Absolutely. Uh, if that were to have been the situation. They would have said, this is our next Joseph. This is our next guy. Build around him. Um, so that's a huge loss. And he wasn't on DP money. I know there were some contract talks, and, and I don't know for certain, but maybe they couldn't come to an agreeable figure. Uh, so that's the big thing for LAFC right now is despite the star power, despite the fact they haven't actually lost a ton of pieces um, and have brought in a couple interesting guys, Aaron Long, the U.S. international center back, uh, a Croatian youth winger whose name I don't know how to pronounce and I won't pretend to know how to <laughs> for the sake of that. It's like they need more. Um, but I think that's also a scary proposition for MLS knowing how much this team has at times kind of walked around other clubs with its signings and, and shown everyone this is how you do it, and they have ownership that's willing to spend. That is uh, Jonathan Siegel joining Sam and Greg, which is now being filled over here by Jason Longshore. He's sitting in for Mr. Crenshaw, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Uh, Jonathan is a MLS contributor, and we've got the voice, one of the voices for Atlanta United. So this is one of those times where I'm just going to let you go. I'm getting a cup of coffee and, and get some <laughs> education here. But I, I will have a question here in a second, but I know there was something you wanted to continue with with, uh, with Jonathan. With yeah, this. I definitely want to get to Atlanta and, and what you expect out of Atlanta in 23. But the team that probably the Eastern Conference is going to go through is Philadelphia, and, and they did add some pieces. How do you rate the union for 23? I think they got to be MLS Cup favorites right now. I mean, yep. they haven't really lost anyone of note from that team. That was a Gareth Bale MLS all-time moment header away from winning MLS Cup. They only lost the Porter Shield last year on how MLS uses the all goal or goal scored tiebreaker compared to goal differential like the rest of the world. Um so I know that's a little bit of a sour point at times in that union fan base of, oh, why does it have to be different here? And <laughs> like I said, PKs in that Bear, uh, Gareth Bale moment. Um, this team is scary deep. They've brought in some pieces this offseason that is only strengthened that depth. 
they don't spend like crazy. Ernst Tanner, their GM, Jim Curtin, their head coach. They're probably the best one-two duo in the league. And that's backed up by facts. Tanner got the GM award last year. Curtin got coach of the year award. They had, I think, four guys on best 11, all of whom returned. Might have been three if I misremembered the math. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you said it there. This is who the East is going to run through. They don't play the most, um, let's call it dominant game at times. Uh, they can. They showed at times last summer they couldn't stop scoring. They were scoring goals for fun. Um, but their defense is incredible. Andre Blake, the best goalkeeper, in my opinion, MLS has ever seen. And, yeah, when you achieve all they did and they bring back everyone they have and then built on top of that with more signings and more kids coming through their academy, et cetera, that's a scary team, in my opinion. Jonathan, listen, first of all, thank you for joining us this morning and coming on here. And you guys are getting into the X's and O's and doing deep dive into soccer. But I got a question for you, and this is something that landed on my desk this past week and hearing about Forbes and how they estimated, is it um, LAFC yeah. worth a billion dollars? Now, earlier in the show, Jonathan, I was uh, talking to Jason about whether or not they could get these top-name players to come from other places around the planet, and the conversation always came back to money or lack thereof. And if you got a team, and maybe there's more, worth a billion dollars, there's some money there. Uh, do you know of any others that, that are near or worth a billion dollars? Not myself. I can't say that I know fully how Forbes comes to those valuations or how accurate they might be. I wouldn't want to be, a, let's call it a spokesperson on that behalf, but I'm not <laughs> okay. surprised at all that, that LAFC got that. Um, I think the incoming Apple deal is probably a huge factor there. The global profile now that MLS is going to have where anybody in the world can easily watch games. Um, I think that platform and what's cooking there over this next 10-year partnership is a huge piece there, as well as their stadium and, and the profile of their owners. Um, I do think Atlanta's not far behind. I do think a Toronto FC, a Seattle Sounders, these teams that are pushing the attendance record, that are setting the standard uh, routinely, and Austin FC is another one. Um, I think clubs are knocking on the door there. There's obviously a lot that goes into those valuations between players and stadium and uh, sponsorships, et cetera. You could go down a list probably of 15, 20 bullet points. Um, but I'm not surprised. I, I think the, the, the key question, in my opinion now, is obviously MLS is a salary-capped league. Um, you have the ability to spend on your designated players, guys like Joseph Martinez, what he was for so long, Tiago Amato, of course, in Atlanta still. Um, so teams have free reign there. The question is, in my opinion, then, like how can teams further invest? Does the league evolve at all? to increase the ability to go out and sign more players like that. Uh, I don't know. I can't pretend to know. Um, but I know fans are calling for that. They're interested in it. And there are owners who are willing to spend. All right, well, let's, let's finish with Atlanta United because that's an owner that's willing to spend in Arthur Blank. And we've seen it here from the beginning. And there's some pieces that are needed for this team. Garth Lagerway now the CEO. Big opening up top. Uh, what are you expecting from Atlanta United in 23? My mind first goes to growing pains, but I know it's an incomplete roster at the moment. Um, I was looking the other day at our, I, I keep track of our transactions tracker on, on MLSsoccer.com and uh, maybe one team more, but Atlanta's had arguably the most turnover in the league and that's backed up by numbers. There's been an incredible amount of guys out the door. Uh, key players too. I'm not saying they all should be back, but just based on pure quantity, 
the plus minus of incomings outgoings were in the net negatives pretty significantly with Atlanta. So that's the part where I'm like, I don't know yet. Um, they're supposed to, or they're strongly reportedly bringing in this striker, Greek international striker from Celtic. Uh, it sounds like he'll be a big piece. They brought in Luis Abram the other day. I think he slots right into Miles Robinson as a starter in that back line. Um, but I, I don't know if this is a playoff team yet because they just couldn't put the pieces together last year. Um, you guys would know more closely than me because you're on the ground there. You see it. You're speaking to Gonzalo Pineda, et cetera. Um, but I do think there's a sentiment around Atlanta United fans, at least this is what I gather from afar, of, man, we just want the, we, we just want the old days back. Why is that so hard? Um, I think that's what Garth is here to do. I, I think Garth is here to do that, and it's not going to come overnight. It's not going to be a snap of the fingers. But I do believe that whether even if they sell Almada this summer or whenever that comes, the process of getting Atlanta back to when they came into this league in 27 and 18 and, and were just incredible, that's not far away. Yeah. When it is, I think that's the difficulty for Atlanta fans is being patient because there have been some frustrations over the years. And at some point you just want to see results. And that's an understandable sentiment, I believe. Man, we kind of thank this guy. Jonathan, getting up and coming on here and bringing all this knowledge. And thank you, because it's been fun watching you two go back and forth. But, again, again, I'm absorbing all of this. <laughs> Don't give me a test later, but I'm absorbing it all. It will come out in some sort of We're going to get Greg writing some columns down, for MLSsoccer.com <laughs> coming up soon, Jonathan. Jonathan Siegel, man, listen, thank you very much for getting up and joining the show this morning. Have a good rest of your weekend, sir. Thanks. You guys, too, and uh, have a good night. Have Thanks, good Jonathan. He's used to talking to you in the middle of the night. He's having a good night. Anyway, we're going to – you know what? There's a big event going on in Los Angeles, and Jason, I don't know if he'd like to be there for it, but it's one of those things that got him thinking about his bucket list. We'll talk about that next. Sam and Greg with Jason Longshore. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. And, yep, you can take us with you on the Odyssey app. I throwing you off? Nope. Didn't think so. How you doing, young lady? The feeling that you're giving really drives me crazy. You don't have a play about the choke. I was at a loaf of words first time that we spoke. If you're looking for a girl that'll treat you right. If you're looking for in the daytime with the light. You might be the type if I play my cards right. I'll find out by the end of the night. You expect me to just let you hit it, but will you still respect me if you get it? All I can do is try. Horse Radio 929thegame929thegame.com. It is Sam and Greg. Jason Longshore is in for Mr. Crenshaw today. So how you doing so far? Good, good. It's a little early still, but I'm all right. Well, for people who start their show late at night, I should talk. I did the dark side forever. <laughs> right? I, I ain't got nothing to say about any of this. But, you know, listen, it's the first time we've worked together, and, and I couldn't be happier and looking forward to doing it again. Yeah, it's been fun. Sam's going to be back uh, tomorrow morning. We're going to be on 6 to 10. But then Jason is going to be joining Sam for a couple shows because I'll be on assignment. On assignment. <laughs> yeah. I got to use that at some point. Yeah, well, it's just I never, you know, get to use it, so it's on assignment. Uh, a couple things I wanted to get to. We put a poll question out earlier, and it, however we got here, it all kind of started with the conversation last week, Sam, I, and, and, and Eric about officiating and the bad calls that we saw 
and, and I went down this rabbit hole of, listen, before my life is over with, but then again, I could get hit by a bus tomorrow, so we'll just say if I live for the next 40 years, if there was going to be a professional team in this country, which sport would it be that would be fully officiated by technology? Because we just can't take it anymore. These bad refs, these bad umps, home plate. Baseball. Strike zone. Is a- the strike zone in baseball, I'll, I'll take robots on that. Well, I, and I, I will too, but let's, we put the poll out there at 92.9 The Game. Wanted to see what you thought. We gave you baseball, basketball, football, and other. And, Eric, uh, I'm going to come to you, and have we got an update, sir? Yes, we do. And so far in that landslide, baseball is winning. They have a 50% vote. Basketball and um, football are right about 25%, but right now baseball is by far getting the most. There's so much subjectivity in basketball and football as to what's a foul. I I don't know if you can do it. Baseball – you can do most of it. You, you would, do, you'd know better than I would. Well, I think you can do most of it except for two things: the safe and out at home because of the tag. You yeah. Know, with Why the, can't now see? I have to stop you there because you said that before to me. But we have seen aerial shots over home plate. We've seen those a tether. They've had drones and tethered cameras there directly over home plate. The, the question would be is how quickly can the technology make the decision? With yeah. a play at first base, you probably could get the computer that's so quick that can say, nope, the ball beat the foot, you know. But with that tag, and you think about it, that tag is so quick, and they just you just got to get and a light the goes smallest putt. And a light yeah. goes on, green or red. Yeah, well, I mean, that will be, that will be a true test of the technology if, if they can get that tag at home. And then the other thing is this. The, the two things that other, the other um, home play umpires watch for is the interference between the catcher and the batter yeah. and, the, and, and, and the interference between the um, – uh, there's one more – oh, the check swing. The check swing is, is very, very subjective. But the interference between the catcher and the batter, which happens a lot more than people think. I got no problem with having one ref or excuse me, one ump, mm-hmm. who just is there for those particular calls. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. And he stands there, and he is the, he is judge and jury for whatever else goes on. Yep. you got to have some guys out there because you still don't want empty benches for, for any kind of inside pitch or something like that happens. You want to have somebody. <laughs> yeah. Now, not that the ref is going to – I mean, the ump is going to be able to deter somebody throwing some pitches, um, but I don't have a problem with some – and I don't know what this is going to look like, but I would have no problem with – the human element still being on the field but have sp- uh, just specific parameters. I don't think there's a team sport that you can get to where it is 100% fully robot or technology that, that's calling it. I think you're going to have to have some human element in it. I do want to see replay used more and used more intelligently. Uh, I think we have replay now to where we can get calls right. And I want to see that used properly. We're seeing it now in soccer really for not that long. And it's changing the mindset. I mean, you're getting into a situation where in soccer on a penalty kick, which is one of the biggest decisions you you can make in a match, you're seeing some refs maybe not make the call knowing that replay is going to look at it and they're going to get it right. I'd rather have the ref make the call. And if replay overrules it, that's fine. See, I believe they're shooting themselves in the foot with that stance. Because if you're going to do that, and we know that you're doing that, eh, you might as well just, you know, here, thank you very much, give them a parting gift and say goodbye, and it's, we'll figure it out. It's so hard, though, because it's not cut and dried. Like, if, if you're the forward, you're going into the 18, 
I make a play on the ball, I get a little bit of the ball and I get a little bit of your leg. It's not definitely a penalty either way. You have there's a judgment to it. So like that's where it gets difficult where I think you use technology in a soccer and a basketball and a football where you have those decisions. But you're going to have to use technology alongside the human element to judge it. Baseball, I think a lot of it, I think it'll speed up the game if I'm not mistaken, Eric. I, I think having the, the the strike zone managed this way would right. help make the game faster, right? The, the strike zone, yes, but there's so many other, other places. Think about the, the, the shot down the line that you got the judge fair foul on, okay? Yeah, okay. but here's the thing. You no, know, you're absolutely right. You're going to bring up examples, but let's stop with the strike zone. If that's the first thing that happens, I guarantee you it will it will satisfy a lot of baseball fans. I would be really good with it. I'm, I'm that's because you can't you can't do an overall. Well, you can't do well, a complete. Well, I'm going to tell you why it's going to dissatisfy a lot of baseball fans. Okay. The walk numbers will go through the roof. That ain't our problem. Pitchers, get, you, if you know the strike zone though, instead of trying to guess if 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 Smoltz's strike zone is different than Maddox's and different than Glavin's, which we knew was the case, then these guys all know. You got to throw it in that box, not on the corner of it to get. You got to get it in that box. Once they know that, then I believe the they'll make the adjustments. Do you That's think it I needs believe. to be redefined a little bit? It, it has to be redefined. Okay. Because if you tell a pitcher the only way you're going to get a strike is you throw it in this box, batters are going to tee off on you. More pitchers are going to say, you know what? I'd rather give up a bases loaded walk than a grand slam because if I'm going to put it in this box, it's right in the power zone. You know. I can't be an inch off the plate. How am I going to get this guy to chase if I'm not getting an inch off the plate from the umpire? If I know the umpire has no judgment on that ball mm-hmm. and I can't get that extra half a ball off the plate to make them chase and I got to come over the plate, the, 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 the batter's going to sit there and be like, yep, until I hear this umpire say strike, I'm not swinging. See, the parallel is so funny here, and I, I think with technology coming in, we have to look at some of the rules that are on the books that we've had forever and ever right. offside in soccer. Now that you have technology, in the past, it was if it's close, you give the advantage to the attacking player. Now you can freeze it and you can actually use the Hawkeye system and draw lines and you can tell it's you know half a toenail that, that they're offside. Maybe you need to redefine the offside rule, just like in baseball. Maybe you need to redefine the strike zone if yeah. it's going to be exact. Well, they, maybe it needs to be a little bigger. They, oh, it's got to be. That, yeah. And it, that might be the case. And to that point in baseball, the in the the um, in the neighborhood play has gone away. You can't yeah. shortstops just can't drag the dirt and look like they touched second yeah. base. You can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you got You got to actually touch. You got to actually so, follow the rules. That's that's a that's point. that's penalty kicks with goalkeepers. In the you always had to have both feet on the line on a penalty if you're the goalkeeper, but they never called it. Right. If you were in the vicinity, it's like okay, yeah, that's fine. Now you have to do it, so they changed it to where you only have to have one foot on the line rather than two. Which is working. That's Jason Longshore. He's in for Mr. Crenshaw, Sam, and Greg. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Uh, as we move into this 9 o'clock hour, oh, man. Not only are we going to talk some NFL, we got Deshaun Tate coming. He's going to join us to talk college and pro basketball. And we're going to hear from folks up in Paulding County. There is a job fair going on today. That is all coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. we got a report coming from the East-West Shrine game coming up in the 10 o'clock hour. But before we get out of this segment, where is technology not being used in soccer that's driving you crazy? Oh, that's a good question. Um, 
I think the biggest thing is in general adding replay to the game. And I mean, we're we're talking six, seven years really into it. So it's an, it hasn't been there that long. It hasn't been there as long as some of the others. I think you get more calls right, which is good. Um, the question is going to come down to, in, in MLS, for example, you don't have goal line technology. And in the Premier League, referees have a, a watch. If the ball goes over the goal line and is a goal, it buzzes. It's like we know it's a goal. Here you don't have that. You're using some camera angles. You're You're trying to judge it. And when you're talking about the whole ball being over the line, that can be difficult to judge because even if just a little bit of the ball is still on the line, it's not a goal. Now, I'd like to see goal line technology in MLS and leagues that don't use it. So, Jason, you can help me with that because when I'm at the stadium producing my show and we're in the control room, they always say, oh, we got to wait until the goal is confirmed. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's part of it and the idea that you've got to look to make sure everybody was onside. You've okay. got to look if there was a possible foul. like, And that's maybe something where – at times with VAR, video assistant referees, at times maybe they're re-refereeing some situations that I don't like. I, I want the referee in a soccer match to be in charge. I want the assistant, the video assistant referee to be an assistant referee. Help them make the right call, not supersede the ref on the field. And that's something that has to get – I think it just takes time. I think it's a new system. It takes time to, to work out, but – Goal line technology in MLS would be the biggest thing to use and to add. Okay. There you go. Hey, Eric, this dude stole my thunder when he came in here the other day. How's that? Jason. What'd I do? He started telling me about, you know, this is the date that rumors was released. You know, the oh, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> your word. He started giving me some insignificant information. That's what I'm we got. a music we geek. Got, yeah. We got to play. But he was doing that, you know, on this date sort of thing. That's what I'm saying. He jumped into my, my world, and so I had to, like. You know, with that bringing up, can I can I say something real quick? Sure. And I and I meant to say this in our HBCU, and you said it early that you lost someone in the sports world that uh, was close to you. Do you know here? Well, Bobby Hall, right? But you know, here in Atlanta, yesterday or late, I think it was late Thursday night, early Friday morning, the city lost the widow of Maynard Jackson, Bunny Jackson. Really? Yeah, Bunny Bunny Jackson Ransom, I believe is her full name. She she died, and of course, Maynard was the first. Black mayor of the city is a Morehouse alum, and that was really big in the HBCU world, big here in Atlanta. So just condolences and well wishes and the memories of um, her when she would come back to Morehouse and do events. So, right. yeah, Miss Miss Bunny Jackson Ransom passed away. Here's something that you two may not know, speaking of Maynard Jackson. Do you know where he's buried? Either one of you want to jump in here with that? Mm-mm. No, and I, I might he's lose my Morehouse court. No, 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 he's at Oakland Cemetery. He's at Oakland. Oh, okay. 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 I could have been a guest. Oakland yeah. Cemetery, and they call their, they call the people there their residents. Yes. All right? Everybody at Oakland Cemetery is buried either north and south or east and west, depending on the location within the cemetery. It's one way or the other. That's it, with the exception of one person. Who's that? Maynard Jackson is buried in a way where his grave, if you will, is sort of lifted up, mm-hmm. like a little ramp. It's sort of lifted, not much, but it's lifted up, and it's pointed directly at downtown Atlanta. Oh, wow. It's the only one on an angle. Well, and it I, is pointed I, right toward downtown Atlanta. And I would assume that she's probably going to go next to I, I don't know. I don't. I would imagine they've made probably arrangements for that. Yeah. But I, know, I don't know of any other new residents in Oakland Cemetery but I do know that about about him. He's the only yeah. person buried there um, on an angle. And there, there may be more, but that's the only cemetery I know where you can take a tour. 
And I'm sure they mean more. That, you can take a tour. You can bring your dogs. They have a 5K going yeah, through it. They do some amazing special and, and events. I'm telling you right I'm now, assuming Arlington probably has some tours, but yeah. <laughs> and, you're in Atlanta. And if you want to go on a Halloween tour, buy your yes. tickets next week. Yep. Because they'll be gone by 4th of July, if not sooner. That's what I know about. And then the other thing was, you know, they got the other two, resi- the other two famous residents at Oakland Cemetery. Familiar with? I know Bobby Jones, the golfer. Bobby Jones and Martha Mitchell. But Bobby Jones, his his headstone was, I'm not so much now, but when the Masters came, you wanted yourself a Tiger Woods golf ball? Oh, you yeah. You wanted yourself a Phil golf ball? Yeah. Those guys would all, that headstone and the area around it was consumed with golf yep. balls. And it still is. People from around the world come here, pay tribute, and they put their golf ball on his headstone. But when the Masters was coming, Leading at March and April, there would just be, and they have an area in the back where they have like garbage cans full of <laughs> golf clubs, uh, golf balls. All right, moving into this nine o'clock hour. You doing? You still doing all right? I'm good. I'm good. My friends up north would say, "Hey, you doing all right? Everything's good." <laughs> Jason Longshore is in for Mr. Crenshaw. We are going to talk football next. Maybe a little bit about that guy who retired this past week. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com, and take us with you on the Odyssey app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.